Greetings, everyone. I believe this would be episode 10 of Canadian Meets the South. Today, I'll be reviewing The South Was Right by... Oh, man, I forgot their first names. Ronald and Donald Kennedy. They are uh, twins. And... um. The latest edition, the third edition of The South Was Right, came out last year. And uh, a lot of things happened last year, uh, including uh, the, uh, the tearing down of statues. There were a lot of riots from, from uh, Antifa and Black Lives Matter communist riots wanting to tear down confederate statues in the wake of you know George Floyd being killed by a police officer which was in Minnesota and then but somehow southern statues need to go because of that and then also the uh, coronavirus outbreak became a pandemic back in 2020, March. Now, um, obviously, that those are things exclusive to the third edition. But uh, the first two editions, which were written in the 90s, I think the second edition was in 1994. Um, I don't remember about the first edition. But uh, it talks about... Um, a lot of things like just like in the my the previous book I I reviewed it wasn't about slavery it talks about uh, you know the different economies that the north and the south have had the north had a had become a manufacturing economy while the, the southern economy was agricultural which is uh which is why the south relied a lot more on slaves um and the north the north wanted protectionism and um with like protection protectionist tariffs most of the tax revenue in 1860 was coming from the the southern states, and uh, the Kennedy brothers get um, they're they're from Missouri, by the way. So don't so if I refer to the Kennedy brothers, I know some people will think immediately of uh, President John F. Kennedy and his brothers. All all three of them had served in the Senate. Um, I mean, I mean his two younger brothers, right? Uh, Robert F. Kennedy and Edward M. Kennedy. The three of them serve in the Senate. Um, but when I'm from from uh, but uh, this this book's obviously reviewing the 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 Kennedy brothers from from Mississippi. Did I say Missouri? I, I'm sorry if I did. Um. 
they were born in the 50s, the, the Kennedy brothers, and they talked not just about the war, but what happened after the war. Uh, Mississippi was once a rich state, and to this day it is, I think, the poorest state in the Union. Um, and that has to do with Reconstruction. It went... The South was right, wasn't just about... Wasn't didn't talk just about the uh, the war for Southern independence. It uh, it talked about Reconstruction and and the nineties. Reconstruction all the way to the nineties, and I guess it, the third edition talks about twenty twenty. But uh, well, damn, where do I begin? Let's talk. I'll talk about the. The, uh, the the 1994 edition uh, stuff first, like before the coronavirus. It was, it seemed that American culture was already headed towards the, the South was fighting for slavery um, culture, um, even in the 90s, before I was born. Um... I mean, I was born in 1997, but the the South. Um, sorry, um, Pat Buchanan, who was, you know, who's from Virginia. Um, he was in 1992 a um a contender for the Republican nomination because he was going against uh President George H. W. Bush, and. He had laid a wreath um, in honor of his Confederate uh, ancestors who, um, how do, uh, yeah, who you know fought for Virginia, and the the mainstream media, you know, labeled him all sorts of things neo Confederate. I mean, I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't know too much about Pat Buchanan. I I've not read any of his books. I mean, I don't want to say too much, too many good things about him. He he is a supposedly a, a Southern conservative, right? But um, he he said to Thomas D. Lorenzo, when uh, when Thomas D. Lorenzo was promoting his his uh, his back then the new a new book Hamilton's Curse. Uh, that Alexander Hamilton was his hero. And, uh, well, Alexander Hamilton's not a southern states' rights man. He was a centralizer. So, um, I, I should read more about Pat Buchanan. I, um, because he's still alive and he still comments on things. But um, yeah, even in the '90s, before I was born, there, the the media establishment, which is you know with the uh, which cooperates with uh, the Washington D.C. establishment, talks about um, always uh, brings brings up uh, how all all the Confederates were fighting for were was slavery and that they were traitors. 
that wanted to destroy the country. And actually, I think last year, um, Nancy Pelosi had removed the portraits of four former speakers of the House. They were all Democrats, but uh, they those four had ties to the Confederate States. And uh, so I, I think some some Republicans, <laughs> including you know guys like <laughs> Representative Dan Crenshaw. Um, I don't remember where he's, what state he's from. Um, there was uh, a minority leader Kevin McCarthy, and I think Steve Scalise. They all they all support this nonsense. Like, I know McCarthy's from California, but Scalise is from Louisiana, and he he supports this uh, this nonsense of the Confederates were traitors and that it was good that they were defeated and this this book really brings up um the horrors you know of reconstruction and how reconstruction the uh, the, the effect of reconstruction had to this day as in now the official period i guess of reconstruction was from the end of the war until 77, 1877, because um, in the election of 1876, um, uh, Rutherford B. Hayes and Samuel J. Tilden, like uh, the Republican and Democratic presidential candidates respectively, uh, they both promised to to take the South, to take the, the troops out of the South, which would end Reconstruction, because before during Reconstruction, the tr- there was a military dictatorship of... Uh, the the southern states. Um, interestingly enough, they don't really talk about uh, the Kennedy brothers. That is, don't really talk about James Longstreet. I I recently learned James Longstreet has has two two uh, memorials, like the one in Gettysburg. Back it was put in July nineteen ninety eight. And um, the the one in Gainesville, Georgia, I think that's what it's called. It was called the Pede Hotel, and they uh, that was uh, a hotel that Longstreet had run uh, years after the war, um, but in the eighteen nineties. And supposedly, one of Woodrow Wilson's daughters was born in uh, in that hotel. But uh, Longstreet never uh, got to see Wilson become president. Um, but yeah, the Kennedy brothers don't really talk about Longstreet. They do condemn scallywags, though. I mean, just for anyone who doesn't know, the, the carpetbaggers were the northerners, you know, Republicans, who went down to the south after the war and made some profits to make some profits and they some of them were in in the the reconstruction governments 
well as uh, the carpet bag. Oh, sorry, the the scalawags. They were native southerners who who uh, cooperated with the carpetbaggers and you know the the Republicans. Um, and what I got from this book, the one of the main points of this book was that the uh, was that uh, the Kennedy brothers were advocating for a new type of federal government because I mean a new type new types of state governments because they were saying that all of the the southern state governments had their constitutions rewritten during during reconstruction so now these but these but they were because they were influenced by the federal government um they were illegitimate they and they are illegitimate illegitimate to this day and they were advocating for i won't say violent overthrow but the replacement of these governments with uh, quote unquote, American values governments. You know the ones that fought, that have uh, Judeo Christian values, and uh, and they they advocated also for um, for the red counties to be part of this new nation republic, um, in which uh, red red county sanctuary sanctuary. Okay, red. Sanctuary counties in uh, blue states. Now, um, they said in in nine uh, after, when this book they they showed this book to the, the to fellow Southerners in the in the the nineties, and many of them were like Southern heritage groups, but they referred uh, the Kennedy brothers referred to these men. And women as pacified Southerners who were just accepting, accepting uh, their the, their loss, uh, their um, at like the at the the hands of the central government, and and but they still honor their their Confederate ancestors, and obviously the Kennedy brothers said there's nothing wrong with. It with the way they're honoring their confederate ancestors the problem is that they're not taking any action to to reform the government or to change it change these illegitimate uh reconstruction era state constitutions um because um i don't remember uh, sorry, I'm blanking out here. It also liked to say that uh, you know, mainstream conservative Republican establishment people like Nikki Haley, they, they condemned Nikki Haley in 2013 for taking down the the Confederate flag because one moron, Dylan Roof, was uh, was holding the flag when he shot a black and killed several people in the black church um and yeah i mean there are idiots who will appropriate the 
Confederate flag, but the same thing with the United States flag. So why does, but why does Nikki Haley think that it's okay to, to to do that just because an idiot had uh, appropriated the Confederate flag? I mean, idiots do that to the United States flag as well, and. The reason why she's, she did it is because she wants, you know, to get points within the Republican Party. Uh, it will increase the popularity. I mean, the Republican Party is the problem. Was the problem. They're the... Um, and... Uh, how should I say it? They use the term... Um, neoconservatives to to call to call up not just Nikki Haley but um, who who was allowed to be proud of her Sikh heritage but she but not but Confederates but Southern Confederate Southerners of Confederate Confederate heritage are not allowed to be proud of their heritage in South Carolina apparently um, it wasn't just she's not the only one who's you know called out to be a neo-confederate uh, neoconservative there's also, there's also Rush Limbaugh, Tucker Carlson, and uh, Sean Hannity. He's got the Kennedy brothers. Like, hate those guys. I mean, Rush Limbaugh, I think, is dead now. Interestingly enough, Trump gave him a medal. I I don't know. I feel the the neoconservatives are there. There was this ascendancy with of them with um, with Trump because um, it's not just. Trump giving Rush Limbaugh a medal. It's um, having Nikki Haley as his ambassador to the United Nations. I mean, are these your people, Trump? Because um, um, I don't know. Um, there was very little mention of Trump. It was just mostly. Um, it was mostly attacking the neoconservatives. Because they already have, we already have neo-Marxists to 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 uh, to worry about, you know, these atheistic socialists or self-described liberal progressives and so, uh, and secular humanists to worry about. But then, um, I remember Brian McClanahan said, with friends like these, referring to neoconservatives, who needs enemies? You know, because they both, both sides believe in this, in the centralization power. It's just that one of them, the neoconservatives, pay lip service to the, to, to, um, to limited government. But this undermines their, their whole, the whole point saying it, you, by, by supporting Abraham Lincoln, by, by saying what Abraham Lincoln did was right, they're undermining their entire, their entire arguments of limited government. And unfortunately, even Ron DeSantis and, and um, who, who is the governor of Florida right now, and Florida must be a really nice place since uh, there aren't any restrictions there. Um, or... Well, or Christy Noem, sorry, I blanked out there. 
because uh, the the governor of South Dakota, they both believe in this in this proposition nation nonsense. Unfortunately, actually, um, along with Ben Carson, she uh, she um, Christy Nome signed the uh, seventeen seventy six pledge to protect our our schools. I don't remember the exact words, but basically, um, Ben Carson and uh, Nikki Haley, they were, they were the ones, uh, they, they, yeah, came up with the 1776 pledge. And this, so it's, it's dumb, because even though it's called the 1776 pledge, it brings up Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass and Martin Luther King Jr., who weren't even around in 1776. But I guess they were the the heirs to the to the American founder tradition founders tradition, even though they weren't. They are by no means traditionalist conservatives. Um, what else can I talk about? The, I guess we can go ahead to the third editions parts uh, the coronavirus um you have you you see with the coronavirus the the blue states really becoming totalitarian and uh it doesn't talk about vaccines because the, the vaccines haven't been wor- wor- rolled out yet i guess when at the time of the, the third edition's publishing but you um it brings up about how, how the blue governors and the blue legislatures I guess the blue the blue state governments destroyed their their state's government and established a totalitarian well I don't want to say established but they became totalitarian um and the funny thing is that these states would allow abortion factories to stay open while closing down churches now how can i how is that not neo-marxist you know that is just it's just crazy but i'm sure that it's the same in canada you know the difference between you know the conservative establishment party the conservative conservatives and conservative politicians in in Canada and the United States, at least on the surface, they are, they are, well, yeah, the conservative politicians are, are big government, while as some, some of them in the United States are for small government. You, you can see there is a, a, a difference between, you know, the red and the blue states. And, uh, the while well, as in Canada, it's all it's all the same. Like you would see, even in the most conservative provinces, um, Saskatchewan and Alberta, they are they 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 lock down. They and they have vaccine mandates, or like they're they're pushing people to take the vaccine. I remember just today I was watching. 
uh, Sheila Gunn-Reed from Rebel News. She had a short video um, of uh, a speech um, given about St. Thomas More, who was beheaded by Henry VIII, because Thomas More wouldn't swear an oath to Henry VIII as the as the head of the church. It was against his conscience. And um what uh and it was and she she told her the viewers, uh Sheila Gunnery told the told the viewers, guess which conservative politician gave the speech about Thomas More about, you know, following his conscience. Um and, you know, the the proper sphere of the state. Uh, in the state, not the state shouldn't, you know, interfere with the, the matters of the church, for example. And that would be Jason Kenney. In twenty fourteen, Jason Kenney, who was back then a minister in the federal cabinet, gave this speech. And I guess she should have added that um Jason Kenney Kenny was in favor of um this uh, Office of Religious Freedom, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it wanted to, um, Kenny wanted to help people with, uh, like, refugees from other countries who were suffering religious persecution to, to come to Canada. And yet, Kenny has locked up three different pastors, um, Arthur Pavlovsky, James Coates, and I think Pastor Hildebrandt, these, um, and I remember the the senator, United States senator from Missouri. Oh, I don't remember his name. Um, but uh, he said uh, maybe we should put like Canada on the watch list for religious freedom because they're locking up pastors, right? Man, I, I can remember his face. He was born in 1980. Yeah, he's from Missouri. He's yeah, Republican. Um, but, you know, there at least there are some people, like, there are some good people. Like, I'm not saying that Republicans in certain, in certain states haven't shut down churches. No, they have. Um, I can't think of any right now, but yeah, they have. I'm sure, but there are many Republicans. Like, um, it's just, it's just terrible how, how some of these guys can even call themselves conservatives and they they do that, and including Jason Kenney. Um, but yeah, they. I guess another thing, if I'm gonna hate, hate on Jason Kenney. I'll bring up how when he was leader of the opposition, he forced them to he forced his caucus to be absent from the the vote for ab- abortion zone ab- abortion bubble zones like these anti anti free speech abortion bubble zones, um, which is we also have them in Ontario, <laughs> um, like their their vote. Was they they came like a couple of years later? Alberta got them a couple of years later. I think BC also has them. Um, but yeah, um, some conservatives. In fact, 
almost all of them in uh, of the conservative politicians, almost all of them in, in Canada are, you know, totalitarian. <laughs> if you want, to, if you want to put it that way, well, there are some you could see who really are devoted to liberty, like Ron DeSantis, even though, unfortunately, he believes in this proposition nation nonsense. Um, and then let's finally talk about you know the George Floyd riots and stuff. Um, the statues, which okay, so George Floyd dies in Minnesota, and then you have this summer of rage, as the Kennedy brothers put it. And yeah, there you would see a lot of vandalism. Um, of statues, and it, it's it's come here as well. And I remember, I think John A. Macdonald's statue was beheaded in Montreal. And yeah, the the prime minister Justin Trudeau, I think he they pressured him to he was pressured to to condemn it. But then I don't even remember what else he said. Uh, the mayor of Montreal obviously condemned it, but um. It's like this the statue destroying by by communists. It's it's not just happening in the United States, unfortunately. Um, and also, it, it's it's not just happening in another continent as well. Like in uh, in Great Britain, they they van. I've I've I think they've uh, there's been some vandalization of Winston Churchill's statue. Um. And like because he was a racist, or, and I mean he was born in eighteen seventy four. Like, are you tell me who wasn't racist back then? I mean, I'm not the biggest fan of Churchill. Like, um, I don't know if I've said this, but um, as a, a liberal minister, he worked with uh, uh, David Lloyd George, who was the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Uh, the Liberal Chancellor, the Exchequer, and later Prime Minister, um, to to establish the the welfare state in in uh, Great Britain, uh, like the and uh, oh man, in nineteen oh four, you would have the people's the people's budget. Which was which would establish the welfare, the modern day welfare state of Great Britain, and I believe Winston Churchill was part of that government. Because um, he was originally a conservative, like his father, Lord Randolph Churchill, and then he he became a liberal, and then when it became clear that the the Socialist Labour Party had uh, had uh, replaced the liberals as the the main opposition to the conservatives um he switched back to the conservatives so, so that he could fight against socialism but um Winston Churchill helped mold the statism of Great Britain I think Great Britain also has vaccine passports now recently they passed it um before they didn't well I mean I think Scotland and then Wales did but the 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 parliament in Westminster passed it recently. Uh 
Yeah. Um. Maybe the Southwest Ride, like the third edition, if it had been, if it had been published after you know vaccine mandates had started, it would be a little bit different. But um. Uh. I guess. Like if I, I'm just, this is just speculation. They would say something like, "This is about um, you know collectivism versus you know individual freedom, and how by um, injecting that poison." <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. I'm enjoying. Um, what am I even saying? Injecting the the vaccine is about showing your loyalty to the central government. And yeah, um, they brought up, they brought up of how the socialist Baptist minister, uh, oh man, uh, Francis Bellamy, he took, uh, he, he created the, the oath of allegiance and uh, which you know you, means you swear an oath to the United States, um, and yeah, every citizen has to take that oath. And later, years after he died, Bellamy died. Uh, they added, I think, around the time of when President Eisenhower was in office, they added "Under God," and it actually got a lot of Southerners to start liking it or to to accept it because it. Said it was one nation under God, right? Actually, Francis Bellamy's daughter didn't want under God, but um, unfortunately, this is um, that's part of the uh, that's that this socialist the so the what the socialist oath is now the requirement to become. Uh, an American citizen, a United States citizen. So, um, look, I love the South, and it would be great to, to come there. But obviously, um, I wouldn't swear an oath. The the that oath created by uh, or drafted by the socialist Francis Bellamy. Um, if you now, if the Southern states secede, no, again. Um, now and then, and then don't use that, come up with a different oath, you know, something very different from Francis Bellamy's Oath of Allegiance, then, well, then we're talking, right? But that is just not good, it's, like, that oath is just off-putting once you know, it's, that, who, who wrote it? And also, yeah, one nation under God wasn't—it wasn't supposed to be a nation. As if you know the, if you know anything about you know the founding, the North, the 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 states were different. Like the the people of the states had very different cultures, and they didn't consider themselves one people. Um, one last thing. Uh, it did bring up Albion's seed. Near the beginning, this is a book written in nineteen ninety by David Hackett Fisher, um, and it talks about the different immigrant groups that came 
to the, the to the colonies in North America, and they came from different parts of the British Isles, right? Like different parts of of uh, Britain. I don't think it was called Great Britain back in the seventeenth century because uh, the the Act of Union. The Act of Union with uh, of England and Scotland, uh, like and Wales, I think was already controlled by England for year, for centuries already. But England and Scotland, the Act of Union was in seventeen oh seven. So you know, um, hmm, no, oh, that's actually crazy. Now that I think of it, seventeen oh seven, the you know who. Actually, Benjamin Franklin was born before that in 1706. I didn't even think of that, but I don't think it was called Great Britain before, when Benjamin Franklin was born. But, uh, yeah. Um, look, I, I want to say this. Um, both Canada and the United States, um, both countries are heirs to, to uh, the the British classical liberal tradition, um, you know, heirs to the Magna Carta and the English Bill of Rights, which are, you know, against, against absolute monarchy, uh, against centralized power. These are like the print those principles, right? And, you know, about freedom, the freedoms and rights of, of the peoples, uh, we are both like uh, heirs to to that tradition. It's just that um, one uh, one of us uh, became independent many years before the other did of Great Britain, and uh, the one that became independent later in. 1867, Canada, we inherit the British Constitution as it was in 1867. Um, and then obviously things, we we have a completely different constitution. I mean, the, the changes after that to the Canadian Constitution, you know, are much different from, from the Great Britain. Like, And another thing, something that Great Britain doesn't have is federalism. I look to the, to the United States as particularly to the South, obviously, because, you know, this podcast is called Canadian Meets the South. And the, the South has the, the strongest, it's been the strongest when it comes to states' rights. Like one of my friends asked me, like, is, um, when, I, when I talked about, like, how, you know, I... I like what, you know, the Confederate States stood for. And then he said, wasn't it about racism and slavery? And I said, nah, I think you are, you're simplifying it too much. Um, I'm working, I am, you know, an advocate of the Southern tradition. And uh, Thomas Jefferson is often the face of the Southern tradition. He's the face of states' rights among the founders. And... Well, especially among the big six, uh, the first four presidents, George Washington, John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, and James Madison, and then, uh, and then Benjamin Franklin and Alexander Hamilton, 
he is the certainly the most states rights among the big uh, states like the the biggest advocate for states rights among the big six founders and you know i told my friend um this quote by by uh thomas jefferson the best government is the one that is closest to the people so when i say states rights i don't i'm not even i'm not even uh saying that all power should be centralized in the state government certainly not and we we should um you can make the the case in your respective state or in my case like since i live in canada province um to send to decentralize things further some um, in canada right now you have um a tyrant his name is doug ford in ontario ontario is the biggest province in canada and uh he has he will he he acts like a king with these vaccine mandates to 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 enter um to enter certain public uh spaces as um and uh these lockdowns and face recover face requirements and it's just crazy how this world two years ago who would have thought that this would have happened like in two years ago i was i was you know at this time finishing going into my my last semester at university i've graduated by the way but um I you in two years so much has changed, and how you could see quote unquote small government conservatives in Canada supposedly small government conservatives in Canada quickly quickly um they show that that they are no different from the leftists now um and I guess another thing to say to point out is um. Uh, he may be acting like a tyrant now, but he wasn't. He didn't exactly cut too many things uh, in uh, the provincial budget. I mean, he was he was not on track to balancing the budget before the end of his term, which is next year in twenty twenty two. He was certainly not not uh, in in line, not in going to do that. He he was spending like crazy, just like Kathleen Wynne. It's uh, it's a disappointment, and it makes me want. It makes me regret that I I voted for him. Um, perhaps I should have voted for the independent in my writing. Her name, her name was Caroline Roach instead of the uh, current progressive conservative member of provincial parliament, um, Deepak Anand. In my in my writing, I. Um, I mean, I don't know if those names mean anything to you if you if you don't live in my writing, but um, it's it's just so so sad because I see the the strength strength of um, you know small government conservatism like decentralizing power. I see that in in a uh, the United States South. That that isn't to say that 
the Republican establishment believes in that. They pay lip service to it, most of them. But there are some genuinely good uh, conservative politicians in the Republican Party. And I wish we had some of those in, in Canada. But, um, yeah, I'm, I know, like, towards the end, like, I wasn't talking, I've been not, I've not been talking too much about the South was right, but, you know, I want, the, the Kennedy brothers, they yearned for, for, um, you know, traditional society with, um, that respects, you know, the Judeo-Christian values. I mean, whether or not you like you like calling them Judeo is that's a that's another that's another topic for another time. So sometimes they didn't use the word Judeo. Sometimes they just use Christian values, which is which is uh, fine. But but uh, man, like. That, that that's like you know what I mean like when I say judeo-christian values these are um they the, the Kennedy brothers they you know condemned um illegal alien rights uh gay rights and transsexual rights like these are these are evils forced forced upon the south by the Yankee I remember one guy yeah one guy um, on Twitter, he said that um, also Roe v. Wade was the, the the greatest evil that the Yankee ever forced on us. And um, who knows if Roe v. Wade's gonna? There, there, there's this case in Mississippi, I think. It's abortion case. Um, the uh, that well, it's it's Roe v. Wade's. You know, the constitutional issue. It's about. Can the states make the decision? It's a states' rights issue, right? And the the nineteen seventy three division Roe v. Wade centralizes that and you know gets rid of states' rights. I mean, undermines states' rights. <laughs> states' rights were really, for the most part, murdered at Appomattox, as Justin, uh, as Justice Chase, had said. Um, in the in the eighteen sixties. But he he was celebrating that states' rights were destroyed, while as when while as uh, we were, I guess um, the the South. Well, I'm not part of the South, but the South was mourning over the destruction of states' rights. And in okay, in closing, I'll I'll say this: um, the uh, Robert E. Lee predicted. Uh, a government, a central government that is, that would be, uh, to, to in his letter to Lord Acton, it, he said that he was a citizen of the South and that he would, um, that he predicted that the central government would be aggressive abroad and despotic at home. And well, now, now it's, uh, it's like that, you can say. Um, now, the blue states, they are, obviously, they love taking federal money. I mean, so do, I guess so do the red states. But the blue states are, you know, collectivist. And they're, they're unlikely to, 
to want to secede. Okay, because they're guys in power now, I guess. Joe Biden, who had who wanted a, a vaccine mandate for companies with over a hundred employees. Um, but he but the blue states the blue states I think don't they shouldn't they're not gonna succeed unless, you know, Roe v. Wade is overturned and or a Republican gets back into the White House. That's that's what I think. Now, if, if some, some other circumstance happens, then it's just <clears throat> then that would be great too, because you know, the United States needs to break up. Um, it's just the idea of a central government governing such a large country, and go- and think and and go- not just governing, but like taking taxes, just taking taxes from Alaska and Hawaii. That's uh, that's just crazy. But uh, yeah, an, a central government uh, aggressive abroad and despotic at home, and many of the states love to to be. F- to you know, be treated with its tax dollars because you know the federal government gives them tax money. But um, uh, that's that's it for today. Thank thanks for watching, everyone. This was Canadian Meets the South, episode ten, I believe.